I don't know how to ask a girl out in college. And my buddy, who's handsome, goes, oh man, this shit's so easy. Here's what you do. You think of the hottest girl in your dorm, you knock on her door, you ask her to go, she fucking goes. I'm like, I don't think that's what happens. It happens for him. He could have gone up to her window with a rake and scraped on it, and she would have gone. That doesn't happen for me. But I took his advice. There's a girl I deemed the best, and I went down to her door, and I knocked on it, and she opened it, and she goes, yeah, what? And this is what I said to her. Hey, my name's Mike, and you can say no. My friends are going camping, and I just want to know if you wanted to go, but it's okay. And she goes, I'll go. I go, fucking really? Like that. That was my response. Fucking really? If, if you ask somebody out, and they say yes, and you go, fucking really? They should no longer have to go. Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. I am CJ Sullivan, and each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a different theme. Usually drinking-related, and uh, this week is a Rosh Hashanah effect. Am I pronouncing that right? I feel like I'm uh, Flannery. I'm going to say you are. (laughs) I'm going to say you are. (laughs) Because <laughs> I know I can't say if you're wrong. Right. The Rosh- <laughs> That's the whole point of the Rosh Hashanah effect, right? It the Rosh really, Hashanah effect. It really is. And for those who don't know, and me include what the Rosh Hashanah effect, it's just, uh, it's actually a legal term, isn't it? Can, you can, you well, can, it, uh, it, it's not, an mean, accepted it, term now. Right. It came from a famous Japanese movie where the narrative was told from the different eyewitnesses, but each eyewitness recalled it differently. Mm-hmm. And now it's a term for like when you, you, talk about some past event and it turns out your memories are totally different than the other people that participated in it. Yeah. Which is so, every drinking story I've ever been I know. It's basically any human being. <laughs> cameras <laughs> fucked. This was, before video cameras, you didn't need to term, have a term for this. This is how life well, was. I do love, do you remember how we were growing up, how like they would just be like, well, they got a witness, so it's ironclad. Yeah. Because it's not like human beings right. ever remember anything incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like why, in drinking, it's even more pronounced. And that's because why the, like num- we're, yeah, the, the number one defense against witness is just <laughs> discrediting the witness, which is kind of crazy. It turns into like, well, how can you trust him, Your Honor? He's an absolute fucking lush. <laughs> that may be, but I know what I saw. <laughs> I know what I saw. I love that phrase. Right. I know what I saw. <laughs> you know what you think you saw. Um, but yeah, this week we have a guest, Mike Bridenstein, who is a new album coming out called Hustle, and um, he tells a hilarious story about, uh, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> Early attempts at dating. Early attempts at combining alcohol and dating, let's say. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and, and pure, almost uh, lightning strike luck with that, for, for that lady. <laughs> um, and then we'll get into... Uh, your own personal stories with the Rosh Hashanah effect. Yeah, because I, I got deep into the Rosh Hashanah effect while yeah. I was writing my book, CJ, because I reached out to old friends. And we'll talk say, about it per- more after the break. But, I was going to yeah. say, it's perfect for you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it without, uh, you know, spoiling alert. But like, it's just perfect for you, though, Sean, because you often have to be reminded of lines that you've said yourself that are, are your lines. You know I mean? Like, you don't, <laughs> you, you don't like... I, don't, I like to outsource my memory. <laughs> I don't want to waste any brain cells on right. recollection. You kind of have that Rain Man thing where it just, it just needs to get out of the head. You know, get it out. You guys take it. Do what you <laughs> Get it do. out of there. Do I don't like these thoughts. It. I don't like them up here. Do I don't want to keep want them up here. 
I want to. I want to. I want to. I want them to. <laughs> it's like a storage unit. I, you know, you want to keep them over in other people's heads. I remember we were drinking out uh, at Long Room. That was usually the bar we went to after Blurred's meeting. Speaking of Mike Bridenstine, Mike Bridenstine, <laughs> who was our guest today, who wrote a, who wrote a book about Chicago comedy history, which will be coming out as well in next September. Uh, started a group called Blurds that we were in way back, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just th- <laughs> blogs plus blogs, blogs for plus nerds. nerds, and that was before. Yeah. I think I think now it's called Black Nerds. I think that's what it's yeah, for, yeah. Which, is, which they deserve the title more than <laughs> nerds. But anyway, we would have our, you know we'd have a meeting there, or whatever. We'd shoot, act like we're going to shoot a video, then we go to this bar and get hammered, basically. <laughs> and I remember we at this round table. I mean, and uh, Mike Holmes, Brido's partner, and Crime there. You he said something he said something that was your line and you're like that's great that's brilliant who said that and he was so incredulous like you did you just you said that it's your line and you just said it like ten minutes ago I did because you're like you should use that write that down you're like telling him to write it down like it's just like, like, like you've never said anything that funny before that's incredible like then you start getting insulting with it like Jesus. That's basically how we oh. uh, uh, started our two-man show, the Flying Flanavans in the Google. You Play. and I were a duo for yeah. one point, and we had to because um, neither one of us could remember our own punchlines. We don't remember our punchlines. We don't. And it came to a point where we barely remember whose jokes was whose. But we do know we didn't know them, and then we were like, you know, what? he doesn't even know. His I own do jokes. think about that all the time. I'm like, I don't know if I wrote that joke or if CJ wrote that joke. Like, I straight up have no idea. Right. <laughs> That goes back I don't, to CJ might have been CJ might have been trying to make a serious point, and I just <laughs> turned it into a joke. It may have never even been a joke or intended to be a joke. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm, did I? Maybe I didn't even knock myself out with a battery back in the uh, Radio Shack days. Um, but yeah, so we. So that's that's. <laughs> I kind of like that like, mentality though. These these memories aren't for me. You know, just get get these thoughts mm-hmm. and process. Outsource them. Get them out there. And uh, we would always have different perspectives. Now, you're going to New York this weekend. Before we get into Mike Bridenstine real quick. Going uh, early tomorrow. i got to wake up at 4 tomorrow to fly out. Oh, 4 Flight's o'clock not tomorrow. at 4, but i got to wake up around 4 to get there. To get there, there which is yeah. not the – we don't mind doing that on the way back, but on the way out. Because on the way back, we say, you're just luggage. Get yourself in the plane. Yeah, you uh, – this is one one of the early moments where I knew you and Pat were going to be uh, great lifelong friends mm-hmm. is when we all went to New York. Right. And this is also a bl- kind of a blurred story in that we had a streak of I, – I certainly did, and I think you guys might have as well. We, we had a streak of comedy events where we were missing multiple flights back. <laughs> <laughs> just from drinking, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and yeah, this one we had. <laughs> like we 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 would push the flight later and later. Mm-hmm. Didn't help. It didn't help. This so trip started I, started off hot. Getting there, we're all on different flights. Like different, we're all on yes. three different flights, leaving pretty much at the same time, going yeah. to the same destination, <laughs> same airport too. Somehow we just couldn't like we were pushed away from each other, and then, and we all couldn't went on find each other, and we all went on different paths, like high, low, and medium. And then coming back, we had that was the early morning flight, uh, the Casablanca goodbyes. You say yes, which so we decided, you know what, we're not gonna. Sunday, we're going to leave early. Mm-hmm. You and I went right. full bore on this. We're like, you, you were like, I'm in, I'm in. So I think we, we sca- we're like, listen, the worst thing we could do Saturday night is go to bed. Yep. That's, we That's a missed flight. City never sleeps. Why should we? <laughs> we should New York's the perfect place to do this in. <laughs> we book like 5 a.m. flights. We're like, easy peasy. Bars are open until four. Hop uh-huh. in a cab. Right. And everyone's making fun of us all night long for how stupid this plan is. Yeah. But it was worth it for the goodbyes because everyone is pie-eyed <laughs> drunk when you're saying goodbye. Yep. And, and it's like this early morning Casablanca-like miss, and you're just hugging everyone. Everyone's hugging. And... There's, it's raining just on us, but like yeah. a, but, like a, but the moonlight rain, you know? The cabbie loved it. Yeah. He was like, this is a great plan. <laughs> I get. We're about to like go. I think on the Tribeca Bridge, and that's when we realized we left our luggage at the at the bar. (laughs) First flaw in the plan. (laughs) Back to McGill. Back to McGill's, my good man. (laughs) This is now we get into the Rashomon effect, where what we remember differently. I I got in a fight. I didn't really get in a fight. I got in an argument where a 
uh, a pilot cut in front of me. Okay, right. fine. There's there's stuff. This was right after September 11th, yes. and we like we were not. We didn't realize this plan wasn't good for a post September 11th. Uh, security society. Yeah, this was this was more for an innocent time when you could walk right up to the plane, say goodbye to your loved one with a wave, and off you went through the window. And I, I don't know if I'm remembering this right. I then remember an entire Boy Scout troop being told me like that they're staff and they get to go in front of me, right? And then a dude with just a huge potted plant, and I don't know if he was staff or what, like goes in front of me, and then I lose it. Okay, I lose it. Yeah. And I'm escorted out of line. <laughs> you, but that is, yeah. You you yelled if, if, I, if I recall from the report correctly. You're yelling, "Is this you know? Is this the country we li- live in? Potted yeah, plants, were- potted plants are going through, and it was basically just a pilot cutting in front of you, like the you know how the pilots get to go through security." <laughs> but that is not as uh, hilarious and over the top as how you. We're also brought to the attention yeah, of airport was, security. Right, I was. This was from LaGuardia, and I was, and I was, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find my flight when I scanned the ticket in there. Obviously, because I was probably doing something wrong. And then someone told you me you were in the wrong terminal. So you actually, you right. somehow ended up booking a flight on the Marine Terminal, and, which is like it, that terminal. They act like that terminal's in Washington D.C. I know. Ever and that's where they LaGuardia. Ke- yeah, they kept saying it was a Marine Terminal, which I, I think ultimately it wasn't in the Marine Terminal. But they just <laughs> told me that to get me out of this terminal because I was just a. Pro- <laughs> It's just a problem. It's like punching this ticket machine. Look, nothing's coming up. You know what? You're in a marine terminal, which didn't open until like 8 a.m., you know? And I had I, I gave like a shuttle guy. Like, I don't even know if it was a shuttle guy. Like five bucks to take me there because I thought I was going to miss the flight, you know? So he's booking us through there, and he drops me off personally. It's not even open. Like, there's one guy in there. I go in there. It's just me. And this guy. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So I put this. It should have been a red flag. I'm, I'm, plowing, I'm plowing right through all these red flags. Then I put my, uh, I punch in my information. Flight not found again. And I yell, oh, fuck. And I punched the machine. Pretty hard. I didn't splatter with the glass, but I punched it pretty hard and screamed out, fuck. Because I'm like, I'm not going to make the flight. And then the guy, the one person that worked there, <laughs> like, had a smile on his face, an awkward smile. Then he kind of slowly just sidestepped out like, behind, <laughs> and, like, behind closed doors there. And that's when I realized, oh, boy, well, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> this is, this is a good you look told me the next airport. day. You told me the next day you overheard him going, some guy just <laughs> Some guy just punched the terminal. Do you want to deal with this? Yeah. Just a silence. Like, I'm still clock- clocking in here. I know. <laughs> exactly. They were just opening up. He couldn't believe I got in inside the place because <laughs> the lights were barely on. Eventually, someone did deal so, with us. We both wound up in uh, LaGuardia jail together, pretty much, from separate yep. incidents. And then... And, uh, we, 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 got, we made it back. Yeah, we got it back. Like you said, we're just... We're just, we're just uh, Glorified luggage at that point. Just get our bodies inside of a plane. That's what we should have done. We should have just FedExed ourselves back to Chicago. <laughs> it's, it's cheaper now. Not deal with any of this drama. <laughs> right. Anyway, with all that being said, um, we're going to get right into the Rochester Infective story. Story time from a great comedian and Chicago friend of ours, uh, the great Mike Bridenstine for a night that got away from him. So without further ado, Here's Brido. Sometimes, sometimes uh, stand-up is therapeutic, so I want to warn you about this next story. No one likes this next story, but I need you guys on my side. Will you guys promise to, like, a little bit to be like, on my side for this story? Okay. Here's the worst date I've ever been on, and I want you to know, was not her fault. I am the villain of this story. Okay, this is the most, one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me. So... I was in a fraternity in college. Some of those guys are here. First semester of freshman year, I barely hung out because I didn't really fit in. They couldn't understand why I didn't like Dave Matthews' band. <laughs> I just never did. And they're like, well, what do you like? And like, now I have to explain like Suicide Machines and Goldfinger. Like, like that was, didn't work out. So I barely hung out. Then like second semester, they were like, Man, you gotta start hanging out. We're all going on this thing called camping date, and you need to go. And I was like, all right. I don't know how to ask a girl out in college. And my buddy, who's handsome, goes, oh man, this shit's so easy. Here's what you do. 
You think of the hottest girl in your dorm, you knock on her door, you ask her to go, she fucking goes. I'm like, I don't think that's what happens. It happens for him. He could have gone up to her window with a rake and scraped on it, and she would have gone. That doesn't happen for me. But I took his advice. There's a girl I deemed the best, and I went down to her door and I knocked on it, and she opened it and she goes, yeah, what? And this is what I said to her. Hey, my name's Mike, and you can say no. My friends are going camping, and I just wanted to know if you wanted to go, but it's okay. And she goes, I'll go. I go, fucking really? Like that. That was my response. Fucking really? If, if you ask somebody out and they say yes, and you go, fucking really? They should no longer have to go. But she went, and I swear to you guys, it was going well. I regaled her with stories of my youth and muscatine or whatever. It was going well. Here's where it gets weird for you guys to be on my side still, but I need you to stay there. The next thing I remember happening is waking up alone in a tent covered in my own puke. This shit happened to me. How do you think I felt? She's not there. She's in a car covered in my puke. Because I blacked out because I was 19, and that's the only thing I was good at. So I am like, oh no. And I didn't bring any clothes to change into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you it'd be hard for you, but you gotta stay on my side. So we are going back, we have to drive back from the woods to campus, and I have no clothes to change into. And here's a fun fact about me. If I see puke, or smell puke, I do more puking. So this car ride home is me going, so sorry, so sorry, like every 150 yards and barfing more. She hates me even more than she did. Again, it is not her fault. I am the villain of the story. So I see her in the laundromat in the basement that night. I'm like, I'm so sorry about this. I will make it up to you sometime. How about that? And she goes, how about no, and walks away, which no one can blame her. Again, I am the villain of the story. So the rest of the year goes by, I never see this girl again, and I saw her every day, which means she was hiding from me, like walking down the hallways like Spider-Man. Another year goes by, and I never see this girl again. And I'm thinking like, man, I really wish I could see this girl and tell her I haven't puked from drinking since. I'm 21 now, I have my shit all figured out. Or whatever I was gonna say. I wanted to see her, another year goes by. Finally, it's two years later, two plus years later, I am at Martini's, which is not very far from here. And I see this girl and she goes, hey, do you remember me? I'd thought about it a lot. And I go, no, I don't. <laughs> she goes, we went on a date one time. I said back to her, I go on a lot of dates. <laughs> Which is not true, was not true, was never true. I go on a lot of dates. So I sit in a booth with her and we're talking. I'm getting ready to tell her like everything's back. She hands me a shot, I do the shot. All of a sudden my stomach goes, fuck you, I hate you. I turn and I barf all over the same girl. I barfed on one person in my entire life, the same girl, two years apart. In fairness to me, I gave her two years off. There's a girl named Tara who lives somewhere in the Midwest who thinks I'm a maniac. As she ran out of the bar, I only remember going, no, I, now I remember you.
You guys stayed on my side for the most part. I thought, okay. But now I'm married, so everything's chill. Uh, Back in the Blackout Diaries, that was Mike Bridenstine with I Go On A Lot Of Dates. <laughs> and we have Brido here with us. Brido, welcome into the yeah. studio of the Blackout Diaries. Nice to see you, boys. Yes. Thanks for having me. Great. Now, now to clarify, you, Thanks for showing up. To clarify, you told that story at the Blackout Diaries at the Lincoln Lodge in a star-studded show in 2013. An insanely star-studded night, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Sean Patton was on there, among amongst others. Yeah. Um... He's a Traeger. All, all the, the Adam, Kate, and Holland, Mike Holmes, John wow. Lebley. Amazing, amazing. And But that version we just played right there was from your first album, or other album, I want to say. Is it your first album? Hungry yeah, my like, first album, yes, yes, yes. Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran, right? Something like that? Was it? <laughs> Hungry Wolf Hunts Best, Duran Duran, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yes, that was, a, that was incredible. I love the, that line. It's, it's, it's a great. You go on a lot of dates. <laughs> <laughs> I go on a lot of dates. Uh, Whatever. Did you ever see her again? I not after the second time. No, she successfully avoided me uh, after that. What about after your album came out and you put that out there for the no, what, still what, no what, word. Blockbuster. No it word. Was, from, it was no word funny that like people in stories. I'm sure that this has happened to you guys, but people will resurface from other stories and be like, "That yeah. was me" or whatever. Right. But not her. To my knowledge, not her. Tara. Uh, she's known. Tara. You Real. The, Real yep. name, real <laughs> a name not changed, name unchanged, <laughs> last name withheld. <laughs> Shocked that she didn't want to. Uh, I love, yeah, that way. The only person in the world who tells that story better than you is Tara, right? Because ah! I love how. <laughs> all the all the red flags she went past where like wasn't your opening line are you fucking serious when yeah, she said yes to your date what did you say <laughs> fucking really is what yeah, I said re- yeah really <laughs> after she says yes to go on a date and you actually I think kind of your response was appropriate not because of you know that you deserve the date or not. So you were the first date was asking her to go camping with your friends. That's a uh, that's ambitious. There, there are details that didn't make the cut. Uh, her friend was going with my friend, which okay. made it more of a yes, more of an easy sale for right. for for her. It wasn't like uh, yeah, I'll go camping with a stranger. Type <laughs> I'll, of go, thing. I'll go out in the woods with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overnight sounds great. We were teenagers as well, which uh, not the best decision making when you're yeah. a teenager. Well, I will say when you are teenagers, though, like that's the easiest place to drink underage. Yeah, for sure. So, for Always sure. drinking in the woods. A lot of your nights end up in the woods. Yeah, for you sure. know, a lot as teenagers of, in lot the Midwest, of dr- a lot of drinking in the woods. More than a adulthood. Mur- a lot of murders in the woods, though, as well, in her defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. A lot of porn in the woods. A lot of right. drinking in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brida, you have to have growing up in Iowa. Like, do you have any specific memories of you and your buddies? Like, uh, getting like we, we we almost made like a bachelor lounge in the woods behind our high school where we would drink. <laughs> you know, like, did you have anything like that? Like a regular spot in the woods? There were two across. I, so my town is like right on the Mississippi River, and you could g- take the bridge across to Illinois. And it was just woods. And if somebody had a cabin, somebody's divorced dad had a cabin. <laughs> that was like the spot. And in hindsight, like all these like 17 year olds and 16 year olds shit face driving across the Mississippi is pro- I'm surprised nobody like drove the car into the river, but like was just lost forever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what happened to them. They're in New Orleans, I guess. But. <laughs> So real quick, it wasn't an overnight camping. You were just out there in the woods drinking. It was overnight. It's, it was it's overnight. Good, yeah, go. It was called camping date. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you get it. What everybody did was get a tent and then return it the next day. Okay. That was oh, the that's move. Fun. That was Mine the was thing. unreturnable. <laughs> Is that what they said back to you? You tried. You did. You try to give it back to them. <laughs> Let me just hose this off and uh, keep my hose off the receipt as well. Sir, I think the bear got into that goulash. And, uh... <laughs> the bear got into the goulash. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my! God. I always love when you uh, when you read stuff like that, and they uh, they offer like a, an insurance policy. Like I always love that for tuxedos. They're like, "Do you want to get the insurance?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> with the way I'm planning to party, <laughs> I want <laughs> this wedding. I want collision. I want full. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I want to say that you used to have a joke where you swore it up and down in the joke. You can get a tuxedo the day of for a wedding. No, oh, yeah, he said it was cheap, yes. cheaper than getting a suit going to work. He that was his, it was his bit, if I remember. I want you to know that. Fucked me at two different weddings where that was that advice was demonstrably wrong. Yeah, his his he's had, he's Sean's had a couple jokes where his price points are so inaccurate, but it, it's it's hard to. Uh... Well, that's what I get for taking advice from right. a from an aside in a Sean Flannery yeah. joke. It's I don't know if it's a, it's the world he wants to live in or it's one of the last time he was out in the real world. You know when he talks about like grocery prices, all kinds of things. It's all like from like 1958. Like he's like set in. Yeah. Well. I, well, that's. Yeah. Uh, that's in keeping with our theme for today for the Rashomon effect, where you're kind of remembering yeah. what you think is your own reality. Right. And luckily, we do have Tara with us. She's going to join uh, us. That would have been the most amazing <laughs> Oprah reveal, guys. <laughs> but it is funny how she saw you. You saw each other two years later, and she finally forgave and forget right before you threw up on her the second time yeah. at the bar. You guys got the shot together. and uh, cause she, So either she maybe thought a different way, you know, or was like, okay, maybe she forgot about it. And then you played it off cool, and then you threw up on her again, and then you give the classic line, now I remember you, now that you're covered in vomit. In my vomit. <laughs> like, that's how you have to tell. <laughs> okay, uh, sp- uh, just a little peek behind the curtain. Didn't say that last part, but it I worked know. in the joke one yeah, time I riffed it. It's beautiful. Sure. Yeah, beautiful line. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of sulked and went home, I think. And the real punchline is the vomiting. That's right. the cosmic timing yeah. that yeah. pulls it all together, yeah. so... I just have to say something in the joke to tie a little bow around it. But yeah, she must have the. Oh, maybe that's just his thing, you know. That's just he doesn't ever do. Like now he has a legitimate problem. <laughs> well, he did this when he was nineteen. He couldn't possibly do this again in a, as in a twenty-one-year-old right. man <laughs> at the famed bar Martinis out there in Iowa. That's yeah, where, yeah, that's where that happened, right? Yeah, that's where it happened. Puke into Dubuque. Yeah, famous uh, regular there um, of Chicago, and John Ledley would be at that bar often. Yep. John oh, yeah. Great friend of the Blackout Diaries, John yeah. Ledley. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, um, yeah, because you, so you moved, what year did you start in Chicago? You have a book coming out on Chicago stand-up yes. uh, from like the early 2000s. What year did you start in, Mark? 2004 was a New Year's resolution, actually. I was one of those comics, which makes me hate those comics. But yeah, What's 2004. That? Your New Year's resolution oh, that new batch that comes in every January? To yeah, try yeah, stand-up? Yeah. Yeah. To ruin every open mic with their yeah, take bit. the shit to the take Gyms and open gym. mics. Right, they get the a big influx. crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is not a healthy habit. No, no, nobody, nobody says I want to do therapy for January for New Year's resolution. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what the resolution should be for all these people. <laughs> Just a cramped <laughs> waiting room of a therapist. Yeah, I'm going to deal with my issues, actually, in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, so, yeah, 2004, I came in there. But the book is basically 10 years before I I arrived. So, like, 94, 95 to about 2008. Right. The book so, you did your story in Chicago Con. We've all did interviews for it. It was a great book. When is it, the book's coming out in September, you said? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a while. It's going to be one baby away from What's now. it called? Uh, the Perfect Amount of Wrong is what it's called. And it's nice. going to going to be all over so uh we read uh early copies it's great everyone go get it i had i've deleted 40 percent of the book since then this was really the like yeah this is like they're like it's way too long it needs to it's, be 75 thousand yeah it's a bit long i could barely get through the parts that involved me and i was just i'm just joking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. yeah i did google search my word my name um but <laughs> i think everybody i think that's the first thing everybody did when i when they got the pdf is search for their name then get furious I, I at me for my name I, I searched for my name not out of narcissism to see how you disgust me, but I, I saw my name on a random page, and I'm like, I don't ever remember fucking saying yeah, that. That's... Not that you misquoted me, but that like I was probably 10 sheets to the wind. No, sure, so then I'm like, oh my God, what else have I said in this book? Absolutely. You know. Now, luckily, everything I say in that book, uh, I'm totally comfortable with, So, but I was like, I mean, it's a panic when you see your name sure, in a book yeah, and you, you have sure. zero recollection yeah, of saying Yeah, did you like, confirm quotes or anything like that? No, no is this true? They're before all before recorded. I, it's all I recorded. This. I know, because we would be like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I have no recollection No, I never once that. thought, I never once thought that you were the problem. I understood. 
yeah. I come from a, I, I have a long history of people attributing quotes to me, and I just assume I said it. <laughs> I got um, so it was interesting to kind of float it out there and to see who might have gotten like very upset. Yeah. Or kind of upset. Um, maybe some people wanted to issue a fatwa against me or show up <laughs> and confront me for what I had written. And it kind of, it, like, I did change some things based off of the feedback, just not to, av- just in case I was unfair to people or it was too shit talky or one sided. So I try to make it, I try to make it as fair as possible to even people I don't like. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like a piece of shit. I think I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, and that's kind of in keeping with our our theme for today, which is that, you know, people do just remember things differently, especially when you're drinking. Revisionist history and all that stuff, of course. You, I think, are our third podcast guest that I don't know if we've talked about this one story each time on air or if it was off air. But um, that night that our friend Mike Burns got banned from a bar and then re-entered it in disguise. And I just want to talk about that for a second or two. It was almost like one of the craziest yeah. Go ahead, CJ. I was just going to say, it was almost like Pulp Fiction-y, or where there was like five different stories happening within the same yes. same yes. bar, all within our group. Yes. Because, you know, yeah. that or yeah. I went to the And everyone remembers room. a separate yeah, one. Like, exactly. every time I hear this story from somebody who was there that night, they tell me something that I have zero recollection right. of, and that I haven't heard from anyone else. <laughs> That's so funny. And you know how there's that, like, like the movie shot, whatever, like, you know, different... Um, Camera angles of different perspectives, different times, whatever. And there's that one quote that brings it all together at the present time. And I think that's when Mike Burns says, "What do I have to do to get kicked out of this yes. bar?" Yes, yes. That's like the one. Li- that's what <laughs> yes. the one line everyone where, remembers. Where everyone's yes. story syncs up. Yes, a hundred percent. But what do you remember yeah, about that get, night? Get, right I can up. give you the exact date this happened. Yes, you can. Let's okay. Do it. Let's hear. It. This is the. This is 2004. This is the night the St. Louis Cardinals clinch the division the the pennant to go lose to go get swept by the Red Sox in the World Series. Yes. Yeah, so now was it the, it was the night Pool Hall hit the home run off Brad Lidge. Mhm. So the night starts for me at High Tops. I was running a booked show with an open mic at the end of it at High Tops with Yes. Did. I t- and I try to tell you that I, I that, this is redeeming me because I, I mentioned High Tops earlier and was shut down. No, no, no. <laughs> I told him High Tops was not part yeah, of the High evening. Tops is part I think, of I think, the I think, I think told High Tops was even like not even a, a so bar. I think at that I point. was at a different show. I <laughs> we, think I was at a different show. We met up with a group right. that was at Wrigleyville North. Okay. Yes. So yeah. I, w- I think I was at the Holiday Club and we walked down to Wrigley. So there was a Dave Odd show at the Holiday Club the same night. Yes, that I was he- at that. Okay. So he got I was furious at that with show. us for competing with his show that same <laughs> night. It was a big Chicago to do. Yeah. Uh, especially because I want to say we started, we were going to start the show the night of his birthday and he was going to have a roast. And it was like this, I went back through old. Um, emails to try to jog my memory for the book. And there was a huge fight. You can go to your sent Yahoo emails and see what went down on the Chicago Hago message board, which yes. no longer exists Hilarious. if you ever want to. So John Ledley was bartending at high tops. Everybody was a bit overserved. We stumbled out. We, someone called us from Wrigleyville North to go meet up with you guys there in my memory. The first thing I remember seeing at Wrigleyville North is Brady Novak holding two, either he's a giant in my memory or they're tiny pitchers and he's pouring them back and forth into each other. Very important part. And they start doing a thing called waterfall pitchers where Mm -hmm. one person drinks out of a pitcher while the other person pours their pitcher into the pitcher and so forth and so on. Um, At some point in the night, Mike Burns takes Nick Vatterot on his shoulders and he goes, fuck the Miss Pac-Man machine. <laughs> and so Vatterot's humping I the- I don't remember that part. We don't remember, and more importantly, Nick Vatterot doesn't remember this part. <laughs> he doesn't remember that. <laughs> he it's, told this story from his version, and that wasn't even in it. Like, Mike Burns had to bring that up. So it's- Imagine- <laughs> Imagine just having no recollection of that. Like, where Nick Vatterot's like, oh, that looks like a cool bar. What's it called? Wrigleyville North? I'd like to go in there someday. Yeah. In there. And, uh, he you fucked in. the Miss Pac-Man. Man machine, <laughs> giant throwing out a pitch, and we, we we would drink for bits. 
Like, like it wasn't even like trying like doing gay. Like, like we were just doing like like as long as it fit the joke, we would poison ourselves or whatever and just try to do like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if food poisoning was hilarious, we yes, would have done that. If it worked for the bit, then hey, you gotta they gotta commit to it. So burnt like I TJ, I remember being there. I don't remember exactly who was there, but it was like, oh, these guys are the guys that drink, and we're all here (laughs) at this place. (laughs) Because I'm like 24, 25. You're you're new to the scene. I'm new to the scene. I've been there for like almost less than a year. You guys are like the guys that drink. And so <laughs> I want to drink with these guys, yeah. right? So I'm excited yeah. to be there. I'm going to call in sick to work the n- next day. Things uh, are going great for Bright Up. You, you called in sick immediately as soon as you opened the door and you saw the scene. Uh, <laughs> I am not. All right. Uh, boss, yeah, I'm not making it again tomorrow. When Brady grabbed I'll that. I'll show you a video of what's happening here. When Brady grabbed that second picture, I called and got the voicemail for the next day. Feeling a little <laughs> under the weather. So... That's when Burns is like, what do I have to do to get kicked out of here? Right. Takes a pint glass and he throws it in my memory. It's Nolan Ryan, but he probably just tossed it. He throws it at the brick wall. (laughs) Right. And the lady goes, you're out of here, buddy. And he's like, and he like puts his hands up and he starts walking out. So he gets not even to Irving Park. He lives uh, just like a couple blocks away. And he calls me and he goes, I was having too much fun, Brado. <laughs> and I and I remembered Bobby Valentine, the baseball manager, yep. getting kicked out of a baseball game. I think he was the manager of the Mets. Yep, it was the Mets when he came back with a mustache in disguise mm-hmm. and riding a dugout. So I told Burns he should come back in like Bobby Valentine. Bobby Valentine who would he looked like uh <laughs> Like when I put a witness protection like on a Sally Jesse Raphael show or something like yeah. that. Like those are those yeah. cheesy talk shows, those daytime yeah. talk shows. They'd wear those disguises. That's what a Valentine was. So Burns, it was a rainy night. Burns t- tears off a piece of black trash bag from a trash that's on the street. And Chicago he, public trash. Yeah. And he puts it, it's already wet. And he puts it, he doesn't have facial hair at this point. And he sticks the trash bag to his face to make a mustache. And he puts his hood back up and he walks back into Wrigleyville North, which no, by the way, no one has ever known the name of this bar. It just has an old style sign. Yes. And it's, uh, it's on the corner of two streets with the same name. It makes no, well, that's what's also so funny about it. It's at the corner of Sheridan and Sheridan, Sheridan and Sheridan. has no name. Well, Sheridan or Sheridan. Yep. So you can't even know. tell people why, where you are. And if you try to tell that yeah. story, like that place burnt down thirty years ago. What are you talking about? Like, like it's like this myth of a place, and like that's what that's why it was like it's just lawless in there. That's yeah, that old style sign. I've always said it was like a Jolly Roger sign for novice drinkers. Like, do not. <laughs> so he goes back inside, and he says that he's told me that he remembered the guy incognito episode of The Simpsons, and he looks at yeah. the bartender. And he goes, I'll have a Jack and Coke, please. (laughs) And she said, ain't you the guy I just kicked out of here? And he goes, no, I'm like some other dude. And she fucking (laughs) served him. Some other dude. Well, that's all I had. I did my part. I asked a question. (laughs) So then I don't know how we leave or why. And also this next part, I don't know if I actually remember it or if I'm remembering Nick tell me the story. Mm-hmm. So we we leave and we walk past. There's construction up or there's a tiny. He remembers a fence. I remember like construction happening. Nick sees this thing and he decides he wants to try to jump over it. Yeah. And so he runs and he and he gets up and is the tips of his toes are in the air. They catch the edge, the lip of this fence or whatever it is. And he bites it. And he remembers two homeless guys clapping while he's in the air and then (laughs) booing when he smashes his face into the ground. Yeah, I remember seeing him going up and up, and that was the last I remembered it. I don't even, I don't, I don't I don't even remember, remember the him homeless, coming down, you know. <laughs> I don't remember the homeless people cheering for him. And then my night gets... Like, like it's an Olympic dive yeah, or something. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> when he told me the story, he was like, my feet, oh, my feet. But then come the story of my toes. Like, so... 
And then there's like the uh, like the the rest is just hearsay, I guess. So you yeah. want to know what I remember? That's what I remember. My memory completely stops at that point. That's uh, that's how I remember. <laughs> that's good. No, you remembering the name of the bar was good enough. That is uh, that is why you are the Ken Burns of Chicago comedy. <laughs> that's why you are the historian we came for. Now that story did not make the book, right? It made it made our podcast a couple times with different details each time. I would love to to had made the book, but it had to get cut because it has this very sad ending. I think, but yeah, you know. well, it cost him eight thousand dollars because he couldn't get his key into the hole. Yeah. So his yeah. own neighbors called the uh, ambulance on him, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Was yeah. there anything else that came up in the book story wise that people did not know that you told them that kind of like I did that? Like I don't know. Oh, was, so was, many things. Yeah, saying. like um. My favorite is when like Kumail was texting me. He doesn't remember any of this stuff. Right. Why would he? He's hanging out with like A list celebs. <laughs> yeah, he's a Chippendale. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I don't remember most of this stuff, but you jogged a lot of there's one set I remember him having at the Holiday Club, the Dave Odd room, the in the big room in the back. There the only people there were like four of my coworkers. Right. And he just took a bouncy ball that he found somewhere and he just started whipping it and it would like the room is huge and we were wa- cheering for it. To like bounce around the room, and that was his whole set. <laughs> that was Kumail's set. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was trying to describe what Dave Odd sets are like back yeah, then, was and, say, and that's but, what they were like. That's pretty good, Kumail's right there. I have. There's like so many. I don't. He like, doesn't remember doing that. No. Um, and yeah, like uh, trying to think you of know, like it's funny what, seeing like when we coming up with those people and like and like just that drinking story and like. And when they when they go on to bigger and separate things other than Chicago, how they don't drink as much. Like, man, you don't drink as much. Like, yeah, we, I don't live in <laughs> Chicago fucking winters anymore, where you guys are psychopaths that are drinking every night. No, like, when, like, when oh, oh yeah, I guess that's I guess this isn't how the world works. <laughs> when we moved here, like when so many of our kind of group kind of moved in two thousand seven, right. like in two thousand eight. People's reaction was like we were like the Huns, like people were sh- fucking. When you were in Los Angeles, yeah. and you you drink like Chicago style, our behavior yeah. was shocking to people. <laughs> like, and I didn't because it was just no, no one yeah. said, "Hey, man, you have a drinking problem." Right. When I was in Chicago, people. But when we moved here, people were like startled and bothered by the behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you came here during that golden age, or, uh, the, right before the golden age, before Uber was a thing. So you, you come, oh. and everyone just racked up their DUI. It was, it was like just like it was like standard for coming to LA like yeah. you're going to get this will slow you down hopefully for a second usually it doesn't here's a get yourself a bike yeah 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 <laughs> and then you and then it's up to you if you want to determine if you have a problem if you think being in a bike lane a drive through lane in Del Taco on a bicycle at 3 a.m. is a problem then that's on you we don't know Ed Salazar had a joke that was like, how do you know if you have a drinking problem? And then he goes, you're from Chicago. And it got like way too big of a laugh. And I was like, hey, oh, I get it. Okay, I see. I see what you might be thinking about there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Mike Bryan side that. Oh, there's one story. Okay, there's one thing. Uh, there, was this, there was this guy I, who's a comic, and he was like, I want to drink with you Chicago guys. Yeah. I want to drink with you. Like, I, I, th- I feel like I can hold my own with you guys. He had four beers drank he smoked a bowl threw up passed out on the couch and he woke up like six hours later and we were still casually drinking and he's like you guys are fucking crazy and he like ran out of there <laughs> ran away yeah it was, it was shocking behavior at that point yeah now that we talk about it, it's no wonder Kumail's a superhero. They're like, look, look, look at these Chicago animals. Let's put them up there. Let's put them in costume. They survived that. Right. Exactly. Came out of that healthy. Right, yeah. Give him, a, give him a, a routine. I was going to yeah. say. Uh, age. <laughs> anyway. So that book is coming out September Child's Way. But more importantly, your new album is coming out. Uh, December 16th. Yes. December so 16th. Special Thing Records. It's called Hustle. I recorded it at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. Real, yes, I remember that. that. That's awesome. So it's called Hustle. Hustle, yes. Uh, based off of uh, my closer or something that... And the cover is a baseball themed. It looks it looks like Love an old the cover. Uh, throwback. Love the cover. You have a Billy Ripken fuck face on there. Yes, that's, that's January classic. Sixth that classic face. card. Yeah. Uh, what other cards do you have in there? Famed baseball cards. Uh, so I, the it's supposed to remind you of either the same kind of pose as the Griffey '89 upper deck, like the mm-hmm. classic. Um, then the Mark McGuire '85 tops traded USA card. That the, same bat the, over the shoulder. The Olympic uh, one. 
Yep. Yep. And then okay. Billy Ripken's famous fuck face card. And then I do it in the style of 87 tops. That was the first year I collected. And instead of future stars, like the Bo Jackson says hustle. That's uh, that's what I went with. It's real nerdy shit for me. No, I love it. It's great. I mean, it, it, great. all that stuff's just for us anyway. So who cares? Yeah, <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> and okay. for the listeners, if they was like, to have it. and for the listeners, so get the album Hustle. The podcast is hunk. And you also have a podcast, Mike. Tell them about your podcast. It's CJ cool. and I just included it on our list. That was of the so best nice. Po- best was, podcast on the internet. Yeah, it was a very thrilling thing to get. And whoever wrote that did a really good job. I well, I will it. say this. Um, I'm, I'm I will say who wrote which part. But if you go to Pocket Cast, that's where this list came out from. It's a very, fam- uh, it's a big thing that promotes a good podcast. And we were we were asked to prom- um, put our favorites on there. And there's mm-hmm. eight of them. Four of them are like science and chemical uh, engineering with <laughs> full on descriptions. And other four are fucking knucklehead comedians. I'm not gonna say who wrote who and which was which. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. We, fair uh, enough. It was a collaboration. I'll just say it was a collaboration. It was a collaboration. Absolutely. You can't tell where one no, uh, my writing begins and his ends. Intertwine. No, it's uh, it's it was which a very hunk and which one's Nova. <laughs> you know what? I think I could pass this test. I think I could pass. Uh... This one's called Degenerate Eagles Gambling Pod. I don't know who that could be. This is this, this one's called. Favorite roofs to walk off of. <laughs> this one's called Job Interviews and Apologies for the Cleveland Indians. I don't know. <laughs> but tell them, uh, tell them a little bit about your podcast before you take off, Mike. I do a panel show with um, me and usually four or five other comedians talking about current events, just getting people's take on it and then playing some games, talking to them. Uh, CJ and Sean are regulars on the show. People yeah. love having them on there. And uh, you can hear... Sean Flannery say things like if uh, Rick Rubin had discovered Vanilla Ice instead of the Beastie Boys, he would have had their career and vice versa. (laughs) And that comes out every Friday, not on a network, doing it myself. Need all the help I can get. He likes he throws those grandiose statements out there, which is great when you do a show with him because then you have to defend it. You do, and you go with it. He threw actually threw in that podcast list. He threw a little John Oliver thing. One of my favorite lines he says is if. uh, about John Oliver, if they didn't have Frontline, which is one of the shows he goes on there, you know, uh, Frontline for his TV show, he'd just be the most charismatic tour guide at Heathrow. If you... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well, if he said it, he said it. That's what we stand by, the Blackout Diary. So <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> print that. <laughs> Anyway, Mike. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming in. And uh, yeah, we're real excited to hear the new album. Thank you for having me, guys. It's good to talk to you. Absolutely. That Mike Bridenstine, everybody. Puke in Dubuque. <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> on the Blackout Diaries. <laughs> I, just, I had that written down for some reason. Puke I guess, like, as in a, as Dubuque. A, as a title for Do your you know story. that's what they say? What's they, that? They, uh, people from Dubuque say, um, I'm from Dubuque, so I drink until I puke. Yeah, I believe that, for sure. Remember, uh, you might probably remember, uh, Brido, and... Um, as a kid for debut cams, they did that. They did that. Uh, the commercials like Dubuque, Dubuque, Dubuque. Like I don't do that. I'm like that's just yeah, that's Shaboom. It's like what? Like yeah, how can you just steal that song? Like back then, like yeah, there's no, there was no fucking rights or whatever. Like public domain. Yeah, it was just it was just public domain. Like no, that's not public domain. That's a song. You can't just take that. Like oh well, well they did. Brooks Whelan from Dubuque. Is he from Dubuque? Yeah. Nice. He was just on. World's largest yeah, stop sign. A lot of people don't uh, talk about that. Enough. World's largest stop sign? Yeah, there's a lot. Of, it's like really long. It's like across like 7,000 lanes of traffic for some reason. <laughs> and, and hey, they said it was, and I believe them. That's funny. It probably causes more pot, more uh, accidents and yeah, it's supposed well, to A lot prevent. of meth moving cross yeah. cross and which ways. Right. For a sign that's supposed to prevent traffic, <laughs> prevent uh, accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. All right, Brido, we're going to... And we're back on the Blackout Diaries, Sean Bear Flannery and C.J. Sullivan. uh, That was Mike Bridenstein, who just left us uh, from the studio. We're talking about the Rashomon effect, remembering things differently. And I I really saw the full effects of this, C.J., uh, when I was writing my book. Yes, I reached out to like all my old drinking buddies. I'm like, what do you remember from that night? Uh-huh. What, 
And it is interesting. It's kind of like what we were talking about, Brido, but you, it's, first of all, everyone has a different reaction, uh, right. recollection. But the one commonality they all have is they all go, you were a mess. Or he was <laughs> yeah, a mess. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. Like everyone thinks they were reasonably sure. okay. Everyone thinks they're the authoritative source because they were the ones that weren't that sloppy. It's always that, yeah, especially the, the, there's small versions of that like the next day. Like, oh man, they, just love, they love shame. Like, yeah, you were there, buddy. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I wasn't as bad as you. I mean, you were. When you said that that waitress was just out of here. <laughs> and that's because I honestly believe you you cannot it's one of the things I've accepted as a drunk you cannot self-evaluate drunkenness right o- only the outside world can self-evaluate drunkenness yeah. like self always thinks well I'm doing okay mm-hmm. I'm not as bad as that guy but you you are a mirror of that person <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so I I, I uh, interviewed a, a bunch of my buddies and kind of accumulated the stories and in the one story the the one that kind of sort of sticks out about like the effect we've been talking about is the time we went to i think it was like the second midwest beer festival of all time in cleveland ohio in like 1997 Mm -hmm. we go to the midwest uh beer festival in cleveland ohio at the cleveland public auditorium (laughs) <laughs> um, Ohio loves their beer festivals. Every time I've got all they do, dude. Like, but you know what was, it was super so interesting? Great. Yeah, uh, this is before the craft beer craze. Yeah. So like back then, you had like uh, Cleveland still had Great Lakes Brewery at that point in time, and there was like Sam Adams. Those were the only two breweries. There. Yeah. And everything else was just like Bacardi rum and like you know just like these macro things. I remember my buddy. I had never heard of craft beer. I remember my buddy coming up to me after he had heard a radio commercial for this. And he's like, hey, you want to go to a beer festival on Friday? And I'm like, well, what is that? Or it actually was Saturday, right. I believe. But he goes, uh, I'm like, he's like, well, I guess it's $20 and it's all you can drink, like forever <laughs> for the whole night. And I'm like, how is that legal? <laughs> he's like, I don't know. But they say it's, I'm like, that's like the right. Louisiana purchase of drinking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, they assume people, adults are going to show up that have families and things and they just want to enjoy their day. They're not expecting lunatics. Like yourselves to come in there. Well, they made a huge miscalculation. Yeah, exactly. You guys are like gamblers looking for like a weak dealers at blackjack tables. Like, listen, gotta, <laughs> this guy exposes his high cards. We can clean this place out. I found a loop in the system. Here. <laughs> and uh, we go to this festival, and we get we get there pretty early. We want to maximize our time mm-hmm. there. And uh, the lady, she gives us like this placard. And it has like six squares on it. Yeah. Uh, well, 12. It's like six on each side. And she explains to us, all right, you're going to go out to these tents here in the auditorium that are serving drinks. Every uh, tent is in, when they give you a drink, they're going to mark off one of these squares. And then you're going to come back. And uh, once you fill that up, you can get another one, but you have to pass a sobriety test. Okay. And then, uh, like, we, we go, like, uh, we were told it was all you can drink. Right. And, yeah. we, there's no stipulation. Like the, right. Yeah. Like this is false. I think the word false advertising was being bandied about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, we go in there, and, you know, we, we're, we're starting to have some. And I'm like, all right, well, I want to I do the beer. Because there was only two tents doing beer. I think it was Sam Adams and Great Lakes. And everything else was like some sort of wine cooler tent. Great Lakes, like fam- cooler- famed Cleveland beer, right? The Christmas beer yes. everyone goes nuts for. Mm-hmm. Um, the wine cooler tents are not marking off the placards. <laughs> They're sort of just letting people drink. So the line at the uh, wine cooler tent is super big because everyone's like, oh, well, we don't have to deal with getting a new placard if we yeah. stay here. okay. And I'm like, no, I came for beer, and right. you know, I, you know, I'm just gonna do it. And I fill mine up pretty quickly. And I'm like, okay, boys, I'm gonna go do the sobriety tests. And they're like, we've been, and we had been drinking prior to this. They're like, there's no way you're past the sobriety test. No. But I was, I was pretty confident that there was no way they were gonna be able to breathalyze everyone here. So there, <laughs> it had to be. Yeah, who's like, administering this? So that's where it gets good. All right, I walk in. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I need a new placard here. <laughs> she goes, already? Never a good sign. And she yells, she yells, Wolf, I need you to administrate a, a sobriety test. This dude gets off like a stool. He's clearly an off duty cop. He's right. got like a yellow, he has a gun, he has a yellow okay. security jacket on. 
Wolf comes up to me. I'm thinking he's going to make me do like those roadside sobriety tests. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, put your arms out to the side and then bring them to the nose. Do your yeah, alphabets, alphabets kind of stuff. One leg this, hop on on this thing, whatever. Exactly. All these things that always seems like they would be impossible to pass over. Right, um, right. Wolf comes up to me and he goes, uh, name four Cleveland Browns linebackers. <laughs> Yeah, see, Wolf's got a sobriety test for when he wants you off the streets, and if he just, <laughs> or if he just wants to throw you back into the pool of us, you know, I'm, I'm sitting over here. Stop wasting my time. So for current, uh, current or all time Cleveland Brown line, he didn't stipulate. Right. I actually, and the Browns ran ran a four three defense back then, so I named all three starters plus a bench linebacker. Okay, oh, well, that's got to be. I mean, Wolf gives me a new one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go right sense. back in there. <laughs> I like run to my buddies about how great this is. Yeah. So we we just get like plastered. Like his sobriety tests were getting easier, and he, he asked one of my buddies to name ten cities, not not capitals, <laughs> <laughs> cities. Turns out he was just filling out a, a crossword, and he wanted you to help him out of some local bar, Cleveland newspaper. Oh man, who was the pitcher for the '88 ALCS? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's answering true. He asked like he would ask like open ended questions where we think he just wanted to know the answer. Like he asked somebody what the <laughs> difference between a burrito and an enchilada is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I think he was just legitimately curious, you know. All right. Now when a woman says she's not angry that you forgot her at <laughs> she does she really mean that or no? <laughs> But because these questions are so easy and he's clearly – I think he's basically just seeing if you're an asshole or not, you yeah, know, and if, yeah, if yeah. you're even remotely non-combative, he's going to give you another one. And you know what? This probably would work on the streets too. They can just tell by your behavior if you're drunk yeah, or not. You know true. what I mean? If you're going to be Yeah, cool you need to go, sir, I, I need you to do a roadside. You're the Constitution doesn't need – I said – you know. Right, like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay, you get the hell out of here. It's kind of like the like Israelite security, they say like in the airports, they, say they, can just, they can just look at your eyes and know if you're – you know, if you, you're nervous or whatever to go through. You have to go through like yeah. check out everyone out like okay it's not it's not the answer to billion pain it's how you answer it yeah exactly um that your demeanor while yes. answering yeah, yeah, is yeah. what he's uh, actually uh doing but so because you found of a that, crack in the system you told all your bodies let's do this we get we get annihilated just absolutely <laughs> annihilated um and we i remember one of the last things i remember saying you always black out saying something really important like this. I say, I just can't spend the night up here in Cleveland because I start a new job tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Wake up in West Virginia. <laughs> Huntington, West Virginia. All right. I wake up. And whenever you wake up, like, in a room where you weren't invited or – like, you always – so it, ends, it, it, it turns out, I don't know this yet, but it turns out we drove down and we're staying with a buddy of ours who lives in Huntington, West Virginia. Right. But you always wake up in like the room they, it's not even a guest room, it's like a storage room yeah. or something like that, you know? And, <laughs> and you could feel that, yeah, you weren't exactly wanted. <laughs> like, you were just dealt with. <laughs> you, yeah. weren't a, you weren't an invited guest. <laughs> like I, I remember, like we're, uh, Huntington, West Virginia is right by the river. I don't know what. Uh, well, I don't. It's probably the Ohio River, I'm sure. But I just remember hearing like a mm, barge, and I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> you have an amazing, you have an amazing history of uh, night before first day of jobs, or <laughs> just you know, oh, like you are going off the war. So like. You, 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 <laughs> Like, well, start the job tomorrow, so tonight's going to be a night. <laughs> you go out, <laughs> you go out the crew, get a dial in, wake up in different parts of the country, in different parts of Ohio. I got to be in Akron in three hours. Jesus. And, and you just hear laughter. What? You're in Florida, pal. How are you going to get there? <laughs> I, you know, to jump to the end of the story, they, uh, I get back, like, I don't know, three days later or something like that. And I, I I hear from my brother. My brother just dies laughing once he sees me. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, so your uh, your new job called. They they talked to dad." <laughs> and I guess they, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Where is Sean there? And He's like, yeah. "No." And they're like, well, "Well, he was supposed to start a job today. Do you 
do you know where uh, he is? He goes, I don't. And uh, they go, do you know when he'll be back? And he goes, oh, so I see you've, you've never worked with Sean before. <laughs> Last I said, last I heard from him, he said he said there's this thing called a beer fest. I thought he was lying, but since I haven't heard from him in 48 hours, I guess he was right. <laughs> he called Good news me up. for him. Bad news for you. Yeah, and he's called me up and he said he found a loop and he found a crack in the system, and he's going to get this all you can drink. And what he want me to uh, look up false advertising laws <laughs> for a possible yeah, lawsuit. Damn, so no, I, so no, I haven't seen him. <laughs> But uh, going back to the uh, Rashomon effect, yes. Um, when I talked to my buddies about this story, we we all remembered waking up in West Virginia, and we all remembered the beer festival. We remembered different things about it, but where it really diverged is mm-hmm. why we decided to go to Huntington, West Virginia. Yes. So we uh, we ran into uh, another party who drove us home, that we didn't arrive with, our buddy Derek, who also knew Mike lived in West Virginia. He's like, oh, yeah, let, let's go visit. Um, he wanted to go visit Mike. Um, okay. Then f- he said that's why we all went, and we all agreed to that. I, I don't have that <laughs> recollection. I thought we were going to go uh, to the dog track there, because they used to have dog racing in Huntington, West Virginia, mm-hmm. and then we're going to come back that night. I thought that was the plan. <laughs> They're like, no, that was... <laughs> that was something They're like, kept you kept yelling. You, you, you brought <laughs> yeah, up the dog right. track yeah. a couple times, and we kept telling you it was closed, like, <laughs> but nobody agreed to that. Right. <laughs> oh, I remember dog track. Yeah, you, you did say it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Frank was saying that... Uh, we basically uh, this. I don't know if this is true or not, but that we had to drop somebody off in Portage Lakes, Ohio, which is like a little bit south of Akron, and we just miscalculated and got so lost. I mean, this is before GPS or anything, right? That we just came out in Huntington, West Virginia. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that story. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> hey, lucky we know someone here. <laughs> He got spit it out of his, in his fucking. But I do like that. I like that for uh, no accountability. That's always just the one person to know with the no accountability uh, that says that. And our plan wasn't to go there, but look at that. Yeah, you're not even taking ownership right. of the decision. Exactly. Listen, we wanted to get some food. We had to drop uh, Pete off, and then next thing you know, we got spun around. There was dog track talk, and. Uh, here we here we, here you are sleeping in some family's playpen, the kids' playpen. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I mean, once you do that, you're like, all right, well, I already missed the first day of the job, right? So I'm surely fired. You would hope. So I might as well miss the second day job of yeah. the job too. Did you, you so know? You, so yeah, you, we we go ahead. We spent. Uh, I was what uh, what they like to call. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if you call that a no call no show where you never showed up. Never show. <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you call? You call and say like, so I assume not to come in tomorrow, right? I mean, I, <laughs> would I be correct in assuming that? And if I if I'm not fired, then shame on you. I don't. I don't think I want to work for a company that's gonna allow me to do this. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think I trust you guys. To be honest with you. <laughs> I assume I'm fired. <laughs> the assume I'm fired call is great before you even. Start. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you, so you stayed in West Virginia for another day and said, why not? While stayed in West Virginia for another day. Had a great time. Uh, never made it to that dog track, but uh, we did have a good time. And you got, your, started and you got, your, un, and you got your unlimited beer at the Beer Fest, and you passed all the uh, And look at me. Uh, 20 years later or whatever it is, 30 years later, I'm addicted to craft beer now. So the yeah. festival work. You know, <laughs> they made their money. I made my money at, right. at that first thing, but they've made a lot of money off me uh, over the years. So one of you drove you guys to West Virginia. So were they emboldened by passing the sobriety test by Wolf? <laughs> Listen, I, don't, I can, so that, I can name all the Cleveland Brown linebackers. Let's go to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you legal. Get pulled over. Yeah, cop just said get pulled legal. over. You're like, <laughs> officer, I, I just passed a state-issued <laughs> sobriety test by Wolf. <laughs> I, I told him the difference between a crocodile and an alligator. What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point you as cleveland pd would have egg on your face <laughs> if you were to arrest me <laughs> oh man so it turned out oh great that's great so that's going to make it for this this week's episode of the blackout diaries um thank you again fr- to mike Bridenstine. yeah thank you again um, mike Bridenstine. make sure you get his album hustle 
which is uh, out on, I'm sure, all platforms. And, and I want to real quickly mention, um, yes. because I believe this episode is going to come out next week, uh, we do not have a live show uh, Friday, December 16th, or whatever that next uh, Friday is. Yeah, the 16th. We do not have a live show at the Lincoln Lodge. Uh, we're off that only that day, but then we're back on the 23rd and every Friday after that, 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge. That's, come see the live show. That's two in a row, because Nate Craig was there last week, right? Correct. They've got another private event, uh, and that's fine. We'll take some holiday time off. Yeah, no, it's great. You should take some time off. But I, I heard I heard at a great Chicago show there. Uh, Dwayne Kennedy it was. and Kane Collier, old voice, yeah. old, uh, old Chicago old, heads, old Chicago heads out there. That's great. And Sean Patton, I heard too. Um, well, that's great. Um, and then, and, yeah, you can see me at. Every Wednesday at the Comedy Bar. Uh, CJ, what do you got going Places on? Places you can't return to. Don't forget about your book. Mm-hmm. Places you can't return. You never know who's a new yep. listener, Sean. You got to plug them all That's in. That's true. Uh, I just have, uh, follow me on Instagram. She just almost taken. I have my bottom line bomb sports uh, NFL picks. The picks with bits show as well on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. That's uh, the picks. Like I said, Warren's going good. But um, I did have a moment on Thanksgiving that would kind of sum, kind of summed it up that, that I enjoyed. I gave out the Giants uh, plus 10 versus the Cowboys. And the Cowboys were blowing them out in Thanksgiving. Everyone, okay. And this is my favorite moment in Thanksgiving when people, when, you know, the, the women went. The Giants had a, the Giants were favored plus 10? No, no, the Cowboys were favored. I, oh, Cowboys. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, right, that well, makes sense. I, yeah. I gave it the Giants plus 10. I mean, they're, they're the underdog. They just, I got you. you. You're like, they'll cover that. Yeah. They just have to lose by 10, yeah. or, 10 or less. And the Cowboys yeah. were blow, the Cowboys were winning by like fifteen or something towards the end. And this is what, so all the women are like, okay, let's we're eat, we're all going to eat dinner, you know. <laughs> like this this game's obviously over. Turn this off. Come on, you know the bet. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, this game's just getting good. It was like a minute. Yeah, you got to explain. Yeah, how a, you watch it. There's a minute to go, and the Giants were driving to lose by less than fifteen, by less than ten. Yeah. And I was and, and, and literally like the, the confusion on the face. But it's over. What do you like? What's there? What's the? What is the point of this? So it kind of got existential. <laughs> like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. What is the point of all this? But this this is this is the point. This, there's there's no other point but this. So yes. Yeah, so I'm explaining it's, the whole it's thing. a much more meaningful point than drama. Exactly. If you want this, if you want this turkey to taste good, and then everything did taste good, and the, and the Giants did wind up with a great backdoor backdoor cover, as they call it, scoring a touchdown with like 30 seconds ago. Oh, as times expiring, kind m- of meaningless to the game, but they covered. The That's good, awesome. But, but they covered the good spread. for you. Yeah, the absolutely. Pick worked. The pick worked, and it, and it and it ruined and saved a holiday all at the same time. And that's exactly what my show is all about. <laughs> Uh, and do uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave yep. us a review uh, if you're a regular listener and share it with friends. We're back every Tuesday at the Blackout Diaries. Come aboard the Blackout Diaries. Come on in, grab a drink of the Blackout Diaries. Welcome aboard the Blackout Diaries. Come on in, grab a drink of the Blackout Diaries. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast network.